0: What's happening, everybody? This is another edition of the Celtics Talk Podcast. I'm Kyle Draper, joined, as always, by the CSNNE.com Celtics Insider, A. Sherrod Blakely. What's up, with you What's up, Kyle? Rashid Draper. Dude, why are you always using my government name? Because, man, you, you name. named after one of my favorite players, <laughs> man. I don't care if that's your government name. Oh, I'm not named after – hey, I'm older than Rashid Wallace, so Ooh, he was named after true. me, right? Ooh, that is true. <laughs> exactly.
1: And he's still dunking on you. And man. he's
0: still dunking on me. Okay. Hey, man, we got a good show coming up today. We're going to get into all these Carmelo Anthony trade
1: rumors. Who? You know who. Carmelo Anthony. Oh, Syracuse Carmelo yeah, Anthony. That's Syracuse right.
0: Syracuse on the map. Your only winning season <laughs> in Syracuse. Your only championship season. Get it right, because we have winning seasons every year. Don't trip. And, and let's not get it twisted. The dude only attended classes for about two or three months there you know that second half he was not a student athlete I have he was no idea what you are talking
1: about <laughs> both teams play hard
0: hey we're gonna talk Carmelo should the Celtics make a major run at him don't answer that question <laughs> yet we're gonna get that coming up in just a little bit we also talked to Celtics assistant coach Walter McCarty he sets the whole Marcus Smart assistant coaches beef down in dc straight he gives us the real deal with that but first charade i know you had a chance to sit down with uh danny ain't
1: yeah now that, that was a great conversation we, we had you know we we hit on a number of topics you know we talked a lot about isaiah thomas and just the, the year he's having the, the absence of avery bradley and what that means to this team and you know even and danny didn't want to get too deep into talk about going forward one thing that he did talk about or our player I should say he talked a lot about what was Jalen Brown and just what he envisions as Jalen's role with his team going forward
2: we don't feel a rush mm-hmm. and but we also have 14 other players that we like too right. and it'd be nice to give all of them uh, you know an opportunity um, more of an opportunity in but it's really about trying to win games. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Brad's playing Jalen because he wants to give him an opportunity. I think he's playing Jalen because he's he thinks he can help him win. And it seems when, when I talk with Jalen
3: about
1: this, I mean, there, there's, there's that balance that he's striking between being patient, waiting for his opportunity, but not just kind of letting things go, trying to really position himself to be a guy that
2: you guys rely on. What do you think he is in that process? He's barely 20 years old in that process <laughs> is what I think and uh, like I said we're very excited about his future and but you know because of his talent but also because of his work ethic and and his maturity in, in managing and dealing with uh, the stresses of being a rookie and the stresses of expectations of being a high pick and you know playing in Boston and with great tradition I mean he's handled everything about as well as, as he could yeah. and um so regardless of how he plays tonight, or you know, we'll just keep plugging along and, and being patient with him because we really like him. And when you talk about you know, playing well and being patient, I think a lot of people forget that there
1: was a time when Isaiah Thomas was coming off the bench, and then he got the start when Marcus was hurt, and he just kind of blossomed from that point. Talk about just the growth from when you first got him to where he's at now.
2: Well, Isaiah is, um, he was coming off the bench, but like coming off the bench or starting doesn't really matter. I mean, he was, um, he was our best offensive player coming off the bench. Um, so, you know, you try to spread a game out for 48 minutes. So I don't think that that meant anything less. I just think that Isaiah is just getting better and better because he has that kind of work ethic that, um we're talking about with Jalen that he has also is he puts the time in and the effort on his game the off season and during the season I mean he works extremely hard and his confidence is at a at an all-time high right now and he's he's playing amazing basketball and um, you know the next step for him is just you know maintaining that consistency that he's that he's playing in right now and and that's hard to do night in and night out and um but, you know, it's been fun to watch him blossom as a player just as it has. I think Avery's playing the best basketball of his life right yeah. now. And, and um, you know, Jalen's not there yet. You know, we think Jalen's going to reach that point and that pinnacle of his career, probably in a similar age frame as those guys. Uh, those guys are fantastic players now. When you, you mentioned Avery, what's what's uh, the latest on him in that Achilles um, I'm not sure. I mean, we're just taking it day to day, but um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know when he'll be back. It's just a guess, but I don't think it's a long-term solution or a uh, problem. But I think that it'll be—he'll be back, you know, um, sometime within the next couple weeks. Hopefully,
1: hopefully sooner. It, it seems that the more you watch this team, particularly of late, without him on the floor, it's amazing how much. How important his role and
2: the roles that he plays for you guys is in terms of winning. I've been saying that for three years. You have, it's like people, <laughs> you know, Avery doesn't get, um, you know, there's a lot of attention in scoring in our league, and you know, finding guys that can finish games offensively are, you know, maybe the most challenging people to find in our league. Yeah. But um, what Avery can do defensively um, is pretty impressive, and very special for our team and our team needs and I think that um if this injury like makes the the, the whole world uh, you know understand that more then and Avery's finally getting the credit that he is long overdue I mean everybody knows he's good defensively but there's not very many guys that play the defense that he does and still score 18 efficient points Mm -hmm. a game that's very rare yeah and um so like he's a two-way player and a and a fantastic one, and um, I, you know if if like I said if if he doesn't if people start realizing man like he he's a you know it's hard to, for us to win without him, mm-hmm. uh, that's a good thing. One of the things and and you've heard this stuff before. The
1: Celtics have too many guards. They have too many guards, and yet these are the moments when it's good to have that kind of depth where
2: you can potentially plug in guys to maybe help you get over when you got a guy like Avery out. Yeah, I mean. You know, I guess, I guess that people just sort of forget, you know, like there, there doesn't have to be a rush. Like I understand too many guard comment. Um, last year we had too many bigs, right. and we didn't have any injuries. And you know, one year we had four centers, and all four of them got hurt. Right. So we didn't have enough, and, you know, we had four starting centers. So I think that, um, you know, injuries come and go, and we know that. We have 15 roster spots, and we need them all through The course of a season, most most of the time, um, some guys get more opportunities than others. But I think that our guards, um, you know, we've needed James. Um, he's been hurt for six weeks, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, an opportunity probably would have been there for him right. had he not been hurt. Terry's been getting some opportunities after going some DMPs, and he's had some really excellent games for mm-hmm. us. But. Um, I mean, John Stockton came off the bench for three years and became a <laughs> right, you know. And I mean, Jimmy Butler came off the bench for two years, um, you know, and didn't even play it very much as a as a rookie. So I think, and he was a 22 year old rookie. Right. So, um, you know, one thing I've I think the single biggest thing I've learned in in our business being in this business for as long as I have been in it is patience like you just you know fans aren't very patient you know the media were not real patient coaches aren't very patient agents are patient. someone has got to be patient yeah agents aren't very patient players for sure aren't <laughs> patient and so yeah i mean it's like you know patience is very very difficult and uh it's not like it's the strongest quality of of us that are have been in sports most of our lives so it's i understand it but um you know, there has to be somebody with some patience. Mm-hmm. And you've been pretty consistent
1: about your feelings about your roster, as far as just having lots of quality depth. And you haven't seen anything that makes you think otherwise at this point, have you?
2: No, I mean, I think uh, I think our team hasn't. You know, we haven't. I knew going into the year, as we talked about this before the season, that rebounding would be an issue for us. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I still feel like we're better defensively and better rebounding than we are doing. Mm-hmm. But like I said before the season started, like that is my number one concern. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, like some games we out-rebound our opponents by 10 and some games we get out-rebounded by 20. It's mm-hmm. um, it's inconsistency that, you know, is the most concerning. And I think you see a lot of teams going through it right now Yeah, um, that are going through some struggles and some teams that are hot, that, you know, we're playing really bad earlier and it's sort of the nature of, most teams throughout a 82 game season. Yeah, but when you guys rebound
1: the ball, well, wow, man, I mean, it's almost an automatic win for you guys. It's, it's, at least that's the way it's been this
2: season, right? So, you know, hopefully, as we're getting healthier, I mean, we'll have. You know, I think that I I, I worry, I worry as much as any of anything of of certain players getting worn down mm-hmm. through the course of the season as opposed to like what our stats are in this game or why we lost this game, you know, because we didn't have a certain skill set, but you know, I know that when our team plays, like we're capable of playing and we're healthy that we're a pretty good team and a team I enjoy watching and uh, a team that has rebounding challenges that we have to sort of overcome. When you talk about guys that you worry about maybe worn down,
1: I, I would imagine Isaiah's in that group Sure, because it seems that I mean he's having a phenomenal season. But do you worry that maybe your guys are relying too much on him to carry you guys
2: too many nights? Yeah, listen, I worry about all the guys that are playing a lot of minutes and, and um, scoring twenty nine points a game in this league is 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 a heavy burden. Yeah, it's that's hard to do. Doesn't I'm happen. Not, a lot, I'm not sure people understand. Not only does it not happen a lot, but. I think, I'm not sure that general fans understand how hard it is to score Mm -hmm. in our league. Mm -hmm. And I think, and what that takes on your body. And, like, it's much more challenging and difficult to score in the NBA than it is to defend. Yeah. Yeah. And um I mean listen I did both. I mean I had I was leading score in Sacramento and like that's way harder than <laughs> playing my role in Boston and you know scoring 14 points a game and being a defender. Mm-hmm. I, there there's two completely different roles there and I think that are so many different roles. And so I think that what he's doing is is spectacular but it is it is training. And um I think our team also we won. We won a handful of games before we've been in this recent slump by making threes, Yeah. and I think that that, you know, gave us a sense of uh, of security that you can't rely on every night. Mm-hmm. And uh, like we're just not going to make those, that many threes every night. You still got to find ways to win, and and we, we you see us do that late in the games, but we're just not doing that for as consistently throughout because. You know, we rely on our great shooting this year, and it's there's been some great shooting in some games. But you know, you got to find ways to win when you're not shooting well. Is there a connection or potential connection
1: between the way you guys are having a lot of success shooting and the struggles you guys have had
2: defensively? I think there's a connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think sometimes, I mean, it's hard to do everything every yeah. night, and um, when you're when you're making a lot of shots, it gives you a little bit more leeway. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you start playing with that, and you start messing around with it, you know that's how you, you get in losing streaks. Is you start messing with the you know what you, what it takes to, for us to be great, and that's the foundation of being a better defensive team.
0: Job Sherrod. Uh, Danny Ainge, and you he locked good, in a man. room. You grilling him. <laughs> uh, obviously, uh, one of the things that stood out to me is uh, patience with the roster. Yeah, I'm a part of the media, Sherrod. I'm not. Pay- you know, to me, the the goal line changes. The 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 timetable changes. If you're the Celtics, when it was first started, a oh, four or five year process. You know, but then you see the the the, the progress they've made over the last three years, I want this team is close to at least being a serious contender. And let's not get it twisted. They're not a serious contender
1: right now. But do you make the moves necessary to put you in that position right well, now? Well, first and foremost, you have to have teams willing to give away assets that you can acquire and make yourself one of the top two, three, four teams in the NBA. And there just aren't a lot of players that you could envision adding to your roster who could do that. Uh, that are available. There are some, and we'll get into one of those potential pieces uh, later on. But I, I, to me, if you're Danny Ainge, you've done this long enough to know that you can't rush into making a rash decision if you are not absolutely 100% clear. We're going to be better because of this. Because, like, when he was willing to give away the farm and then some for Justice Winslow, I don't know what he had for breakfast that morning right. to feel that this guy was going to be, yeah, what, Jimmy that, Butler 2.0 or something? Was, I mean, Sometimes the trades you don't make are exactly, the best and, ones. And you. Danny has had a couple of those type of moments where he, you know, the deal that he wasn't able to execute was the best deal for him. I, I think he is going to be uh, very cautious and look for deals that are no-brainers. I mean, when, when Brooklyn, for example, says, we're going to give you... Damn near every pick we got but for the hold next. Hold up, Shira, God, let, me this finish. Ain't let me fantasy football,
0: bruh. That's Man, what th- there's – it doesn't have to be a no-brainer. You got to win some, you got to lose some. You got to take some chances. You, if it, you're has to be a no,
1: it doesn't have to be a no-brainer to the masses. It has to be a no-brainer in your mind that this is going to make us better. And I don't think Danny has got those type of offers on the table yet.
0: He has to be ready to strike, though.
1: He's always been ready okay, to strike. That's right. why he's got all them damn Don't be picks. all jittery. Don't be all you know. I don't know
0: if I should do this move or not. I'm scared to make this the, trade. Well,
1: the thing you gotta remember though is when he wants to make that move, they gotta be ready to make that move too. That was the problem with Charlotte and your boy MJ. He's giving <laughs> you. I'm gonna give you this pick. This pick. This right, pick. If right. you just let us get that, that dude, one. MJ, I don't know. I should sure love Frank my friend Kaminsky. <laughs> Ooh, he's gonna turn the franchise around. Come on, man. Hey, what you guy? Don't even <laughs> start for them. But what
0: about Carmel? Carmelo Anthony, because Adrian Warjanowski came out with a report, him and Chris Mannix, that the Knicks have reached out to the Celtics in a trade uh, possibly for Carmelo. Is that the kind
1: of player, if you're Danny Ainge, you strike. You try to get that guy. It always comes back to two things. What do I got to give up to get him? And how will he fit in with my core group? Because I don't believe that you would make a deal like that and do anything to disrupt your core group. And to me, the core group for this team, you're talking about Isaiah Thomas. You're talking about Avery Bradley. You're talking about Al Horford. To me, And that's, that's it, right? That's it, that's right? That's your core. Okay. That's okay. your core. Now, if, if I got to give up Jay in the process, I'm not crazy about that. But to get Carmelo, Carmelo I have to think everybody. long and hard about that. But the, 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 here's the thing. The one thing that you worry about is this. When you move a piece – let's say Jay Crowder is involved in a deal okay. because I think I think in all likelihood he would have to be. Yeah. That means that you are ready to give Jalen Brown the responsibility of being L- – let me finish before you start <laughs> flipping out. You're giving him the responsibility of being that Army Swiss knife-type defender that Jay gives you while Carmelo is going to bring it from an offensive standpoint. Balancing, getting those two to work in concert with each other, that's going to be an issue and something to watch going forward. But does this – let me ask you this, Drace, because I know you are all on the – let's bring Carmelo to Boston train. Does adding Carmelo make you better than the second-best team in the East? You're, you're better than Toronto. You're better than Toronto. Yes. With Carmelo Anthony, you're better are than you Toronto. crazy?
0: Can you imagine the spacing that the, the Celtics have with this current unit and then you throw in a shooter like Carmelo out there instead of kicking it out? No offense, Crowder, who's having a great three-point shooting season. But I think in the clutch, fourth quarter, you kick it out to a Carmelo Anthony. Then you got an Isaiah and an Al Horford. You got three guys that can help you close games. Right
1: now, I don't think you have that. But here's the thing that you're forgetting, Drapes. In order to close games, you got to be a striking distance to close a game <laughs> out.
0: Carmelo that's why is I, the that's... perfect fit system-wise for this team, dude. If he buys in the Brad system, which I fully expect him to, you have to look. Hold up. First of all, Sherrod, before you rip Carmelo, look at the coaches he's played for. Look at all the the, the the dysfunctional situations he's been in. Come on, man. He Drapes. hasn't played with a superstar, uh, you know, a, a, an all-star, maybe even two all-stars, Al Horford and Isaiah Thomas. This would be the instantly the best team he's ever played on. Drapes. I don't
1: <laughs> know how to – I'm, I'm, trying, to put deli- no, I'm trying to put this as – No, I'm trying to put this as delicately as possible without hurting your feelings too much. Carmelo Anthony, and I love him to death being a Syracuse guy. I love him to death. He's not helping you win a title. That is what this is about. You're Moving crazy, closer dude. to winning a title. You, people forget. <laughs> Here's
0: the Carmelo. Was Let's probably- go back in history. OK? No, but Carmelo is probably the most disrespected superstar in the history of sports. This guy is a future Hall of Famer, Sherrod. This guy is still averaging better than 22 points per game.
1: This guy is one of the elite scorers in the NBA. This guy plays for a team that sucks. This guy has not done squat and leading and elevating his team to being a championship contender. Guys that play for him are play with him are not getting better Draves. no Shrad, they don't you, get better you you look at
0: uh, carmelo's international success
1: no i'm looking at what he's no, doing for but, the Knicks. they're not dude, better with him out the Knicks there.
0: haven't been good since uh, rory sparrow was running point back in the Bernard 80s and bring him back in
1: the <laughs> so you going to so so it's what so it's not carmelo's fault no look at the roster bro
0: Look at the fault. It's Phil's fault. No doubt about it. You put Carmelo in this situation with Isaiah, with uh, Al Horford, who's one of the best passing big men. I think, you know, to me, the only issue with Carmelo is how much do you have to give up to get him? I wouldn't give up, you know, Brooklyn pick or anything like that, but I would give up my own pick in 2018 for Carmelo. That would be, you know, a no-brainer as far as I'm concerned. And so this whole, you know, this is the problem with Celtics fans. I'm going on a rant right now. I'm looking on Twitter. I can see this. And everybody say, oh, we don't want Carmelo. We don't want Carmelo. Carmelo would instantly come here and be, if not the best, a one A on this team. Carmelo's is better than everything we have and here, bro.
1: Who is he competing with exactly to be one A? But that's what I'm Isaiah's saying. Isaiah's one A, and everyone else is everyone else. You know, so it's not like he's he's not like he's all of a sudden moving somebody to the <laughs> side and making room for. There's there's a gap right there, and you're right. He would he feel, would that, feel gap. that gap. But again, what is this going to cost, and how is this going to affect? The team in terms of defense, because we've seen they've got great scores already. Right. They don't need another guy who can go out and get buckets. They need a guy who can actually grab a damn rebound, play a little defense. You see what happens when they play defense. They win. When you don't play defense and you lean on offense, you're not going to be that good a team. And, but, and, and again, let see, me, let you're, me you're let all me about regular.
0: That's your problem, Shirai. You You're talking about January basketball. I'm talking oh. about – April and May basketball, when the game slows down and you need shot makers, Carmelo
1: Anthony is a shot maker. And when maker. teams defensively step their game up. Yeah, you're right. I'm right. Not, I, I shouldn't be worried about teams playing better defense. Because nope. you're right. T- you're right. It does matter what happens in April and May. But you know what? If you can't defend in January and you hold don't get up, better in up. February, March, April, what is it going to matter when playoff you, time? You're not talking about defense when it comes to Isaiah Thomas. He's giving me 29 points. And Carmelo <laughs> can't? And he's doing it on a winning team. Uh. Oh yeah. Yeah, that that winning thing. Yeah, it's it's kind of a big deal to me. It's kind of a big deal to me. I like Dude, winning. Oh I like, like winners. I, you know, and as much as I love Carmelo no, Anthony, I don't even look at – <laughs> and I have to preface that because I do like him as a player, I love as a Carmelo. person.
0: He's great. He went to Syracuse. I don't think But I don't gonna, want him on my team. Come
1: on, man. That's keeping it 100. Other people, well, you know, I just don't really like him. I just don't – No. No. I Carmelo like is the, the game. Shield. I just don't think it's going to get you to where you want to be, which is to be one of the top two or All three right. teams.
0: Let, let's, let's move on because, uh, you You're know – You're getting heated. No,
1: I am fired up, and I got – my fleece on and it's hot in here and you're catching L's left and right I get it I get it I understand you're the only one that's getting hot in here but I understand it you it's it's, it's under, I, I get it dude losing is not fun but this is what this is what you would get if you're dealing with Melo I'm just saying let me just jump in here this is Jason oh Levese. Jason you're hey. you trying to be on an award-winning hey. uh, Celtics podcast one second the Knicks are obviously trying to dump him yes when are the Celtics going to have another, and, and believe me, I am not sold on this, but when are the Celtics going to have another opportunity to get a quote unquote star player that is getting dumped by a team? If you can get him on a cheap, do it. Well, that's what I'm saying. If they're, if the, why not take advantage of Phil dumping him? That's the only, exactly. re- that's the only reason right. why I would do so, it is if I can get him on the cheap. Because if I get him on the cheap, I can live with that. I'm rolling the dice, and it's a it becomes then a high risk, low reward proposition. But if I got to give up like multiple first round picks, no, I got to get. No, no like this deep. ain't the and same. No, this that. ain't Melo of five years ago. You know that. I know that, and the <laughs> Celtics damn sure know that. But does Phil really know that? No, but that's what I said.
0: I give up one of my own. Uh, yeah. first round picks yeah. uh future first round and, and some players, but uh not the Brooklyn picks, uh, at least at least we're in agreement with that. What about Blake Griffin, though, because the clippers also mentioned in this mellow deal. What if there's some sort of three team deal that somehow winds up with uh, Blake Griffin in Boston? you, you know for what? that remember, you I want remember-
1: Blake? I'm not a huge Blake Griffin fan, but to me, I put him in the same category as Melo. If I can get him on a cheap, let's do it. Because Blake Griffin is not the same dude from two or three years ago. I don't care what anybody says. He has been an injury-riddled cat. And for a guy whose game has been, for the most part, about that bounce, I don't see him bouncing like he used to. He 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 don't got that tigger bounce like he used to. He's a good player. He can help you. But is he going to, again, move you closer to being a championship team? Maybe. Yeah, and, but and, I, and, and because he, and plus he's a little bit younger and so there's that but again you're talking about a guy who has been injury riddled more so of late than than previously. Yeah,
0: and I you know as much as I like Blake I, I don't think he addresses the needs uh, oh. uh, of this team. You need Rebounding, defense, interior defense, and, uh, and, and 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 I don't know if Blake gives you that.
1: And there's there's certain parts of his game that, frankly, replicate what you're getting from Al Horford. Yeah, I mean, Blake yeah. is another guy that likes to get the rebound and and get out and start the break. And if you're Al Horford, I mean. Let Isaiah do that. If I'm not going to do that, I mean, and I, plus
0: Blake could be a free agent if you really want him. You which know. is
1: which is the other issue because no one wants to give a lot of assets away for a guy who's a rental. Uh, and that's that's really the, probably the more fundamental difference between him and Melo is that Melo would not necessarily be a rental. Uh, right. You are thinking that we're going to get maybe a two year window yeah. with this guy, but right, and but it, he
0: would fit in out there in L.A. Melo would. I'm saying oh that that goodness. would be. I listen, would like that
1: it. If I if I'm Phil Jackson. That's the team I'm targeting more so than Boston. And if you're Phil, do you want Blake? Yeah. yeah Blake and Richard, oh, so Blake yeah. and Porzingis. You can, you, uh, can totally, can to- you can totally sell that to your fan base, yeah. that you're getting rid of Melo, but we're bringing in Blake Griffin, who is an all-star, who's got that bounce. I don't know how he's going to fit in I think in both teams Porzingis. win on that. Well, it depends on what the other pieces are in there. But yeah. Yeah, when you're talking about the marquee names, absolutely both teams, I think, win. New York, they're not about winning. Let's be let's be real. <laughs> they're not. There are about why they in Derek Rose, Joe Kim, Noah, who are big names who don't have big game, right. and <laughs> everybody know that. That's why Chicago when they said word, well, y'all y'all want go for it. Can't can't take have it. them yeah. both. Right. So. I'm All
0: right, we, we we at least we come to agreement on some things. We well, don't always with, disagree. You but.
1: came around to the to the to the knowledge side, and I appreciate you finally <laughs> making that making that trek. I know it was a long yeah. trek for you. I'm I'm glad you're here. Welcome, <laughs> welcome. All right, let's let's move
0: on because we got a special guest uh, set to join us here on the Celtics Talk podcast. Our conversation with C's assistant coach Walter McCarty begins right now. Joining us now on the Celtics Talk podcast is Celtics assistant coach, former Kentucky Wildcat, former Louisville assistant coach. Walt, do you want me to say uh, <laughs> anything else? 82 Brand Socks uh, CEO and owner, Walter McCarty. What's up, Walt? How you doing, man? What's up
3: now? I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully, soon you better call me the Sock King.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the King. The Sock King. The sock
3: king. All
0: right, well, uh, we're going to talk about the Sox in a minute. Trust me on that because, uh, you know, i got to tell you a funny story about the Sox. But I'll save that. Make sure you guys continue to listen. I'll save that funny story. But, uh, Walt, tell me about the team right now. On uh, Wednesday, you had a very good win against the Houston Rockets. And and for once, Walt, it seemed like uh, the boys played the right way in that game. They played pretty well, man. We just knew it was a point where we
3: really had to – Play really good defense. We, I think we've been uh, depending on our offense a lot, and you know, trying to outscore teams. And, um, and we played a very, a really good team last night. to really scored the basketball, and it gives you a lot of matchup problems. So, um, our, give our guys credit. They stepped into the plate and really defended well. I think that's probably um, the best defensive performance we pro- probably had all year. So um, we're very excited about that, and hopefully we can continue to build off of it. And um, you know, going to each game with a defensive mindset, and you know, really make it tough for teams to score.
1: How, well, this is Sherrod. How, how tough is that though to to have that defensive mindset? When I mean, you guys are just—I mean—just water from three-point range for a long time, making lots of shots. How do you get these guys back to to thinking defense when they know now that they can knock down a
3: lot of shots? Well, I think when you know you lose four straight, I think that um that'll do it for you. True. <laughs> you know? So. uh, you know, we just, we know, early in practice, we just have to continue to to, um, build strong defensive habits, uh, running guys off the lane, um, challenging shots. Just keeping, keeping mindful of those things. um, You know, when we're playing really good defensively, some of the things we were doing. Um, uh, A big thing for us is keeping teams out of transition uh, and, and, and limiting second shots. We do a really good job when we get back and our defense is set and. We make guys take tough shots, but, you know, if we allow our teams to get out and transition, that's when we struggle. We can't get back and get our defense set. So our big thing is we're just preaching get back, set our defense, talk, and make make teams take tough shots. But it's, it's tough. We've I mean, to got guys playing the way IT's playing and crowd and shoot the home I mean, it's tough. These guys are excited and anxious to get on offense. And, but um, I think they're mature enough to know and see that in order for us to be a uh, – Play off contender, you, know,
0: you have to be able to, to stop teams. Yeah, Walt, well, you're right. I, I mean, people forget the Warriors when they won it, great offense, but they were also one of the better defensive teams in the league. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and so, with you guys, obviously, rebounding is an issue. You had a nice rebounding game against uh, the Rockets. Uh, how much of a concern is rebounding? Do you have the personnel, Walt, to, to be a, a better rebounding team, do you think?
3: I think we have a good personnel. Uh, we can rebound the ball. I think it's all about uh, positioning, standing in position. A lot of times, um, defense are in the wrong spots. We're not in the wrong coaches and, and guys don't know where you are. And, you know, you, you can kind of suffer from that. But, uh, when, when our guys are playing our system, when, when I five people, when we're doing things we're supposed to do, you know, we're in a position to take advantage of it. And, you know, our, our, our guys has got to come back and, and rebound the ball over, over the bigs. So when Avery Bradley's playing, Avery does a good job. You know, he had a, a string where he was getting 10, 11, 12 rebounds, and he's big for us. And, you know, we have to have other guys who can do that. Who our their athleticism, come down, jump over the bigs, and rebound down the basketball.
1: You know, speaking of Avery Bradley, I mean, we've seen him kind of just grow and blossom throughout his time here in Boston. But, but what what does he mean – to this Celtics team this year? Because it seems when he's not on the floor, not a lot of good happens for you guys.
3: Right. I mean, we, we, we depend on him a lot on both ends of the floor. And he's become a really good um, knockdown catcher shooter, but also a playmaker out of the pick and roll. And um, he's he just, he just really added a lot to his game. And you know, he's one of the best in the league, but also having him on the court defensively, you know, we trust him to be able to stop the other other teams, you know, best player. He um, does a really good job of directing the basketball and sending guys to the to the extent of our defense. So having them out there moves a lot for us. We can trust them on both ends, and you have a guy like that. You know, it's hard to to, to play games without him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. A
0: B, uh, one of those solid guys, uh, offensively and defensively, uh, for you guys. Well, you know, we can't let you go without talking about our guy, Marcus Smart. What the hell <laughs> happened out there in DC, bro? Give it to us.
3: <laughs> Marcus, Marcus is a competitor. Uh, he wants to play. And, um, one thing I like about all of our guys—they—they they compete and they want to play. And no one ever wants to come out, and that's, that's everybody. And so, you know, guys, to has got a system. Trust us to, to to get you out and get you back in. And you know, he's just very like competitive. And, just wanted to, wanted to be out there on the floor. So, um, I think a lot of times, you know, cameras and he you know, really got in the huddle to kind of overblow things, take things out of proportion. But it, was, it wasn't a big deal. He was just, you know, competitive, wanted to play, wanted to be in the game. And just because his emotions got, it, got him a little bit, but he was fine. You know, we love Marcus. Marcus is one of our toughest and, and best competitors. And, you know, we, we, we love having him out there on our team.
0: Wall, do you think that frustration was exacerbated by Brad Beal and John Wall pretty much having their way? I mean, well, we know all, all the emotions in that game, the Wizards mm-hmm. dressing in black, and then they backed it up on the court. As a competitor, I got to feel Marcus was like, man, they're getting into us. Don't take me out, coach. I'm trying to come back at these guys. I
3: mean, I think so. Um, well, probably it, wasn't playing, it wasn't going the way that he have right, liked, but – that's happening. That's, that's this game. You know, we play them another time, and you know, we, we're probably going to sit down and go the playoffs. So, you know, we just got to understand that. And they, they got that night. That's, that's, that's good. You know, we'll be back. We'll learn from it. And you know, we were, we we're in a game where we could have won, and you know, we didn't, we didn't play particularly, particularly well, and and still missing one of our um, best players in the team. So we're, we're excited. We're excited about the future. Yeah, well, having played
1: on, obviously, multiple levels, coached on multiple levels, you've seen lots of different types of players. You've been around lots of different types of players. When you have a guy that is emotional, uh, like Marcus can be from time to time, what's the key to having a guy like that around the locker room and, and getting him to channel most of that, that emotion into positivity, which he, he, for the most part, does, but what's the key to making sure that happens on a consistent basis?
3: Just um, supporting him and just knowing that he understands that, we are on his side, and, and we support him, and we love we love the fire that he brings. We love that passion because it makes him the player that he is. He's made so many tremendous plays and you think, like, you think, oh, how did he just do that? Right. That comes from from his 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 passion, his fire, and we don't we don't want him to ever lose that. You know, um, the guys have to stay, stay on the same page, and we have to do it within our game plan. But we don't ever want him to lose that. Um, Marks is a, he's great to be around every single day, every single game. He plays that type of personality to the team so he's a lot of fun to be around um big time jokester, just always in the mix so we love having him and we we just have to make sure that we that we you know continue to support him and let him play with that passion and fly but just make sure that whatever he does he he gives our team a chance to win every game
0: well, let's talk about your sock game, big fella. <laughs> I know you want to be the sock king of the world. Uh, tell, tell me about 82 uh, brand uh, socks. Tell me about that, how did yeah, it come about. Yeah,
3: 82 is, is my dress my sock line. I've, I've always been into socks for like the last past 67 years. I love colorful, bright socks. And, um, you know, three or four years ago, a lot of people started asking, like, where, 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 where do you get your socks? And what other socks do you have on? Well, and it just got to the point where I was like, all right, I'm not advertising anybody else's socks. And um, you know, Brass was made a comment. Hey, you should think about starting your own stock line. And I, and I thought about it, and I said, you know what? You're right. And I looked into it, <laughs> and I was able to, um, you know, do, make some connections. And you know, here we are. I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, they feel great. They look great. And we're just, we're just, we're just getting better and better as, as time goes by. So hopefully, um, this thing continues to grow and continue to. Um, build value in them and create
1: a sock that everybody likes. Now is, is Brad a silent partner in this venture or something? What's, what's, what's going on with that? I mean, he did kind of, He he
3: did kind of help you kind of come up with the idea. Brad, they may see some checks down the road. <laughs> <laughs> you,
0: you know, what? The, the funny thing is I, I did this event with Brad the other day. And, and one of the people in the audience asked Brad about your sock game and, uh, Brad was like, yeah, well, you know, ask him who, how he got started with that. And uh, so <laughs> happens – yeah, and so Brad was uh, – he's like, don't forget. Don't sleep on me. But so happens I was wearing a pair of your 82 socks, so I actually showed them off with the crew there in, in, in the audience. So if you ever need a spokesperson or a sock model, you know who to wow. holler at. Wow.
3: Wow. Hey, listen, listen. <laughs> I, I know what I'm doing. I, I, I keep Brad, Brad fully loaded with socks. <laughs> so – If he ever forgets about it, he has a whole column on his desk. So I'll make sure the right people get him at the right
1: time. Thanks. Great stuff as always, Walter McCarty. Walter McCarty, Celtics assistant coach, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And we will obviously be kicking it down the road. Thanks, Walt. Appreciate your time. Thanks,
3: guys.
0: All right, shout-out again to our boy Walter McCarty for joining us on the Celtics Talk 82. Podcast. com Yeah, 82 <laughs> socks. right? Make sure you check them out. Uh, one thing that he talked about, Marcus Smart. uh his passion, his energy, his fire. And the incident, you know, not a big deal in his eyes. You agree with yeah, that?
1: Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I, I was actually <laughs> I was talking with a buddy of mine uh, after that who saw some of the highlights who I played football with, and it, he reminded me of some of the things that we did to our assistant mm-hmm. coaches and how we got punished a little bit harder to, than Marcus will. Uh, <laughs> but, but that stuff happens, though, in the heat of battle when you're trying to win, and, and I, I get that. Uh, but Marcus, he was right when he said afterwards that this is not how you do it. It's one thing to be passionate. It's another thing to lose your damn mind. And in that moment, he lost his damn mind. He did. And, and you, I mean, I, I look at guys like Jerome Allen, who you know, Philly Cat. Uh, it, Jerome is usually cool and smooth. Exactly. And he I, mean, was I, like, I, I mean, I was, I was afraid we might have like, like you know, malice at the palace 2.0 <laughs> for there for a second. Uh, so it was great to see that that cooler you know, has prevailed, and Marcus, I think, has learned his lesson. Apologize to everybody uh, that he offended on that staff and his teammates, and hopefully he can move on from this. But, listen, he he has to understand that your role is to bring energy and emotion, but don't lose your damn mind in the process.
0: Yeah, exactly. Bring that energy, that fire, that emotion, but uh, keep it under wraps uh, and don't, you know, go blasting off or anything like that. Or punching holes in the damn wall. punching holes in – he said – it wasn't there before we got there, but
1: after I we guess, left, I guess I might have did that. <laughs> that was awesome just stuff. Just open your wallet and cut the check, <laughs> and we and keep it moving. <laughs> Love, right, you, Love you, boy. Love you. Hey,
0: let's wrap this thing up here on the Celtics Talk podcast. Thanks to Walter McCarty for joining us. Great conversation, Sherrod Also with Danny Age. Uh, a lot of good stuff this week uh, as we move it in closer to the All Star break. I'm sure next time we talk, we'll talk about uh, the All Star selections as well. Isaiah Thomas, uh, no doubt, is going to make it. So. Uh, That'll do it for this week's edition of the Celtics Talk Podcast. He's Asia Rob Blakely. I'm Kyle Draper. Peace. Out. We out.